People Habit 12. Motivation and Perspective. The starting point of all achievement is desire. Weak desires bring weak results, just as a small amount of fire makes a small amount of heat. Napoleon Hill. America is confused about motivation. We have been taken in by consultants, authors, and speakers preaching on how we need to go out and fire up the troops. They discuss motivation as though it's a rah-rah party, led by a charismatic, effusive, and entertaining leader who puts on a periodic roadshow to fill everyone's motivational tank. How nice it would be. Years ago, someone told me that a leader doesn't know how good he is until he leaves. That was a new perspective for me, but one I now champion. The school of thought suggesting motivation is a daily hands-on leadership requirement has given many capable leaders migraine headaches. It's too much to ask. Enlightened motivation is more structural than personal. It's built on trust, not a winning smile, personality, or charisma. Bringing out the best instincts in people isn't achieved at the snap of the finger. It requires the development of a comfort-level delegation, adequate training, and a sense of individual importance. Have you considered your opportunity to motivate by being absent? There are three general managers associated with me. Randy Arendt at the Tri-State Neighbor, Blaine Blowers at the Restaurant Group, and Gary Weckworth at the Burn Companies. Each receives frequent opportunity to lead in my absence. And guess what? They all enjoy the opportunity. Their talent and commitment is a blessing to me. Within the past year, each has told me they have no desire to work anywhere else. They look on their current position as having enough potential to meet their goals. That's gratifying. Perhaps it results in part from my willingness to get out of their way so they can execute our strategic plan. Achievers succeed by developing more than businesses. They develop people to become surrogate leaders. These surrogates are more than willing to step in and strut their stuff at every opportunity. The surrogate knows and others notice when he or she has the opportunity to lead. Sometimes all we have to do is get out of the way. Passing along the torch of responsibility is a top motivator. When your good periodic absences have little impact on the organization you leave behind. When the leader isn't effective, there's a need to be continuously present. It sounds backwards, but it's true. Beware the owner whose business is more than a few years old who doesn't feel comfortable leaving. Several years ago, I was holding an annual review with an employee who had recently joined us. During his job interview, he had portrayed himself as an energetic, aggressive worker from the School of Hard Luck. Two months into the job, it was obvious that something was missing in his attitude. We discussed my concerns during the review. I found the reason for his lackluster performance. Our organization distressed him because no one was motivating him. I've been handed that you aren't motivating me baggage and garbage before, but I don't accept it. I hand it back. The leader has a responsibility, an absolute responsibility, to create an environment within which an employee can motivate him or herself. To accomplish that, the employer-employee relationship must be founded on trust, mutual respect, and a sense of fair play. The supervisor, however, is not directly responsible to motivate each person. That's the individual's personal responsibility and opportunity. 
The leader's responsibility is to be sure the organization has a properly set motivational table. Then individuals can eat with their own fork. The next time anyone in your working environment hands you their fork and asks you to feed them motivation, here are two things you should do. First, check your organization's motivational table to be sure it has adequate nourishment. If it does, then hand the fork back and suggest the employee feed him or herself. To lead is a responsibility. To babysit is not.